Blog Talk Radio. Oh, great. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a book, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. With a fresh new song MJ Network will bring you there Good morning, everyone. This is Fran Lewis, and this is NJ Network, after my sister, Marcia Joyce, and this is going to be really very different. We're going to talk about book reviews, how you rate them, how you decide whether you're going to promote the book, and what happens if the book is really not up to snuff. What can I tell you? So we have four of my favorite people that are authorities in this. We have Jeff Bond, Dick Belsky, Charles Solberg, and Lee Matthew um, Goldberg. Hi, everybody. And I am ready. And um, Dick, you, you, rev- you won't review them, but you interview. So how do you decide whether to interview an author to promote a book after you receive it? And what happens if you the book doesn't hold what you want, your interest? Is Dick there? Hi, I'm here. I'm Hi. here, Fran. Yeah. Oh, okay. What happens if you, if you want to interview an author and you read, read the book and you really don't like it? What happens? What do you do? Do you interview them anyway, or do you decide to pass on it? Well, in my case, uh, Fran, I'm sorry, I'm just coming in here. I don't know, uh, you know, what was said before. Um, you know, in my case, there's really not a lot of uh, options because uh, mm-hmm. I do most of my interviews for a, for a magazine, The Big Thrill, and. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. You know, so I'm assigned it, or I decide I want to interview the person. And uh, uh, there have been occasions where I've read the book and I was not thrilled, you know, excited about it, or I didn't had problems with it. Obviously, many of them I'd like. Uh, but yeah, I just go. I mean, I go ahead with the interview, and I don't, I don't convey that to the author. Um, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I, and I try not to convey it in the, you know, in the piece. Again, what, what the the kind of writing I do is not really reviewing it. It's like interviewing and giving information about the books and the author, and uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, we all have taste, and you know, we we pick up a book and we love it, or we, or many times it's oh, it's okay, and, uh, and I'm sure you go through that too, or you pick up a book and it's like you know, whoa, I, I don't really like this at all. Now you have the option of not having somebody mm-hmm. on your show if you don't like the book, but uh, yeah, so that, that, uh, I hard. do a lot of it, yeah. What about anybody else? What do you do if, if you don't really like the book? Do you review it? Do you send it back? Do you toss it? Or do you start reading it and review it anyway? And I write a summary. I won't write a negative review. What does anybody else do? Well, for, and I, I, I don't know if you know this, but um, I used to review uh, books for the New York Times for over 20 years and the Cleveland okay. Plain Dealer. And um, because all those books were assigned, uh, you couldn't ask for a book. They didn't, they didn't allow that. Um, there was always that chance of um, mm-hmm. of not liking it, or then I remember many times thinking when I got the book, I, I would read it and I'd say, "What editor ever thought this was a good enough book to be published?" Mm-hmm. But 
I learned the lesson the first review I ever did. A friend of mine was at the Times, and she called me up and said, I'd like you to review a book for us. And I'd never reviewed books before. But as a freelancer, you learn you never say no. And I read the mm-hmm. book, and it was by a famous author um, by the name of Ring Lardner, Jr., who'd written the uh, screenplay for MASH. And the mm-hmm. book, uh, I'll never forget it, it was called All for Love, and it was not very good. And so um, I struggled with the very question you're asking because, like, who am I to, mm-hmm. to say I don't like this book or it's not written well or whatever? And then I, I realized that um, my responsibility really was to, um, to the audience, to people who might plunk out $25 dollars mm. And that it was only my opinion. It was one opinion. And I never thought I'd ne- review another book. And so I wrote what I really thought about the book, thinking they needed mm. to it. But they did. And so for me, it was a, um, a lesson learned very early, uh, just for me. And that was to, to really say what I, I think uh, and, to, and to be fair, because I know how, what goes mm. into writing a book. So I know how much trouble it is. And I always tried to find something good about it. Um, but that's pretty much the way I, I just thought my responsibility at that point was to the, to the audience, to the reader, um, to give my opinion. Don't you think, uh, don't you, don't you, don't you think, Ed, that's really interesting because I, one of the things mm-hmm. that I was thinking about is, um, I, I like you, Fran. I mean, if I don't like something, I'm not going to post a negative review or something on Amazon. You know, yeah. I, I don't do that. But the one exception might be if it is a prominent author. Uh, and Ringlard Jr. certainly was very prominent uh, in, as a writer. Uh, but if, you know, like if Stephen King or Michael Conley or some, you know, one of these really great <laughs> people, and they wrote a book that I, I think that would be the one – I think that it might be okay because you may say, look, this guy's great, but this book – particularly isn't isn't his best but to me that's a lot different than some you know somebody writing their first novel and then somebody you know ripping them in a review which i uh, i just find you know, i find that distasteful some place yeah, I, would, I would agree uh, oh i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead i'm sorry oh i was just say I, I would agree with that also just because stephen king i mean he gets so many reviews that the one review isn't going to mm-hmm. kill the book basically <laughs> as opposed to like you know, an upcoming author that that review really could make or break the book. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I never would write a bad review on Amazon or Goodreads. And even if I have to blurb a book and I don't really love it, I wind up finding whatever I do like about it to make the blurb, basically. It's like the yeah. writers supporting writers kind of mantra. Uh, I agree. I would never do it for Amazon or Goodreads or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about if you're paid to write a review. Um, yeah. Then I think that it's it, it, for me at least it's a different standard. But I I totally mm-hmm. I, I would not. Uh, what's the point of me writing a bad review for for Amazon for for a book? I mean, you know, it just there was mm-hmm. there's no point to it for me. And and you no, know the I thing about the author the, the thing about the author blurbs is that I was actually going to bring that up, and that's a really good point because uh, mm-hmm. like uh, like like uh, a lot of you, I mean, I know you, Charles, and uh, uh, I'm sure the, the rest of you too. Um, you know, you get a lot of you get a lot of requests for author blurbs uh, because people are looking, you know, for names. And uh, most of these, if, if you're coming to me for an author blurb, you're probably somebody, you know, pretty much starting out. You're not somebody mm. prominent. And uh, and and 
And I always say yes because um, I've, I've, you know, I've been on the other side of that so much, and I've been mm-hmm. so uh, appreciative of the some of the people who've taken time to give me author blurbs. So I, I say, look, if you want my blurb, I'll, I'll read the book and I'll give you a blurb. And yes, uh, w- w- what you said, uh, you know, some of them aren't particularly good, but you you try and you know you try and say you try and pick the best parts out of it and uh, and help the uh, and help the other. But that's different than a review. You're not really lying. You're just kind of uh, yeah. helping him to promote it. Or, you what know, do you yeah. do though yeah. when a book has so many? I mean, I just reviewed one. <laughs> Um, when a book has so many critical grammar errors, punctuation, spelling, and the plot line is, you got to be kidding me, it's unbelievable. So what do you do then? I mean, I think only in all the years that I've been working with um, one particular tour group, I turned down the re- review and I turned down the interview because I said I couldn't put my name on something that was so poorly written and had so many grammar errors that I said I, c- I couldn't do it. And besides, I agree with you. I won't put a bad review on um, Goodreads or on Amazon, but I will put a summary on Goodreads and not and not rate it if I have to. So, what do you do if the book is poorly written? I mean, yeah, I mean, I would usually try to kind of go read some offline. of the ones I've been getting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been fortunate not to get this is Jeff to get to get too many of those. Um, but but it really, if it rose to that kind of level, I would probably try to do something offline or. Or um, or be in touch with the author and and, yeah. and kind of gently <laughs> suggest that maybe there was a, there was a skip step to, uh, on, in the proofreading side and and handle it that way rather than certainly as others have said kind of letting it rip with a you know with a two or three or one star review on Goodreads or Amazon because you know you take you take it on faith that if the book goes out there into the wild um, and it's like that that there are plenty of others that will point that out so. Um, I, I will always try to do those things privately offline. And, yeah. and you know, Fran, Fran, there's. I was going to say there's. There's just real quickly. There's two. There's two different. You mentioned two different mm-hmm. things. There's like a bad storyline, which is the author, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. And I mean, that's. I don't think you can do anything about that. That's to me. It's like that's his book and whatever you think. The grammar is and all that stuff. I mean, that really involves the uh, the publishing company, and especially if it's a smaller publishing company. And many times, that's you know not in the complete control of the author. I recently um, did an author blurb for somebody. I'm not going to say his name, but it's somebody uh, I know. Charles and I both know, and uh, I got it, and it was they had a number of mistakes, grammatical mistakes, mm-hmm. and then the last the last pages were missing from the thing. I mean, he didn't. Oh, wow. So I called, and I you know I just like I reached out to. And I said, do you know that this book just ends like in, you know, in mid-paragraph, there's no, and mm-hmm. he did not know that because it had been sent out by the publishing company. So I was able to, you know, I mean, I'm sure hopefully somebody would have catch it, but I was able to help him uh, deal with a problem that really wasn't his fault. It was the, uh, you know, the publisher's fault. So in that case, yes, with grammatical errors, I definitely would point them out, um, but not, not with the storyline because, you know, that's the author's storyline, not mine. Yeah, and I think that that's a great service as a as a reviewer. I mean, I I produce audiobooks for for my titles and I had there's one audiobook reviewer that I work with quite a bit and I'll I'll get his take early on and and he after one of my titles, he he kind of gave feedback that there was some audio quality issues with it. Um and, and he didn't just let it rip with the review, but he he gave me that feedback so I was able to go back to my audio producers and it wasn't the kind of a a sound quality thing that somebody like me with an untrained ear would catch even, you know, but he mm-hmm. had reviewed so many audiobooks that he really caught it. 
you know, and so when I went back to the audio producer, you know, they were able to to go back and and look at the information that he'd given me and and get it fixed quickly before you know a lot of people had had listened to it. So I think that is a real service that people across the reviewing spectrum can provide because it, it, yeah, as I, you say, it's not always in the author's purview, right? Uh, you know, Fran, I think that it happens often with um, self-published books. And I think that's um, a big mistake that people make who self-publish is that they don't hire professionals to do proofreading mm-hmm. or copy editing. You're right. They don't even review it. They don't even edit it. They won't edit it. You have to pay to get it edited. Right. I wanted, to say, I, I wanted to say something about because I, I totally agree with Dick and about uh, asking to be, you know, to blurb. Uh, I'm always flattered. But I have a friend who um, I kind of admire if she doesn't like a book, she won't blurb it. She's incredibly honest. She won't, you know, this is just for blurbs. And um, I understand that stance because essentially your name is being um, used and, uh, you know, and judged um, by the book. Uh, so I, I kind of wish I could do that, but I can't. I, I have a hard time saying no. But I really um, admire authors who do have standards and just won't put their name on a blurb just because they, you know, they know the person or they, they like the person. Um, but I'm kind of a pushover. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, Charles, quick, a quick uh, thing on that, one of my great disappointments. So I've had a lot of uh, people, we all know, Hank Felipe Ryan, uh, Retail Coleman, uh, Steve Barry, a lot of people who've given me blurbs, and I know you've gotten a lot of them too, but the one I always wanted was uh, Sue Grafton, the late Sue Grafton. And I tried and I tried and I tried, and she finally agreed to read it. And she read one of my books, and, <laughs> and she got back to me and she said, I'm sorry, I just don't like this. I can't do it. You know, and it was a great disappointment, one of the greatest disappointments of my life. And obviously she's gone now because I really, really wanted that. Uh, but I really, you know, I was like, as you said, Charles, you have a great deal of respect that she and and you know she wasn't saying it was bad. She said, "Look, it doesn't work for me, and I'm not." Right. You know, she wouldn't put right. her name on it. And uh, I just, I, I always uh, really respected her, and that you know that made me respect her even more, even though I was incredibly disappointed. Right. I, I always say when I ask for, for for a blurb, I'll always say, "Look, I won't be offended if this is not your kind of book right. mm-hmm. or, or whatever." You, you give. I give them an out, and it's not about whether the book is good or not. It may not be, as Dick says, your kind of book, and so you don't want to blurb it. Uh, you still get hurt, though, right? Dick? I mean, it still, you know, it still stings because you want and, everyone. And, and and the fact that uh, you know, the fact that uh, she and I very unexpectedly, as far as I was, as far as I knew, died, uh, you know, a year or two later, makes it in some ways uh, because you know, there's always that hope. Well, maybe she would like my next one. You know? Well, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and uh, she wouldn't have died, Dick, if she liked your book. You know, that was a punishment. <laughs> and, and I will say this. I met her on a couple of occasions, and she was, you know, incredibly nice. And, uh, you know, everything about it was good, except I couldn't get that damn blurb out of her. Yeah, well, what do you do? Like, I had an incident recently, like two weeks ago. I had asked a specific publishing company if they would publish Silent Voices. And the guy said it wasn't his type of book, blah, blah, blah. And he gave me some hints to fix it. Okay, fine. And they wouldn't publish it. And then I said, you know, they said, well, I mean, we're gonna, we won't review it because I don't like the book. And I did, and they sent me his book to review last week. No, I'm serious. And I had to oh, really wow. think, yeah, <laughs> long and hard as to whether I wanted to review his book. And I sent the 
thing to the publicist, and of course my computer, my my grammar check has a mind of its own, and I saved all the mistakes. And I said, oh my God, I had to I had to fix it because there were typos. I knew that, but it was my grammar thing and my computer. And I actually wrote a review, and I said, I I didn't know what would you do. This he, he literally, and the book is good. He hated yeah. it. He said, I don't like this. I don't like that. And his publicist sent me the book, and he just sent it. Do you get ones where they where you don't need? I, half the time, I don't even know I'm getting a book. I mean, I I, just, I don't think personally. I don't think I I would want, or unless you were thinking maybe for your next book to give to them again that there would be a chance. But yeah. if somebody really hated my book, I feel like why am I going to do this thing for them? Honestly, like there's, yeah. there's so many other publishers out there. But I also never want to burn a bridge. So I don't know. I, it would be a dilemma I would have. I would have to really kind of weigh the pros and cons. Uh-oh. Well, I, I just thought I was rising above it and just said, what the heck, I'll yeah, do it Yeah, you anyway. were being the better person in it, absolutely. I try sometimes. What could I say? But what do you, I mean, seriously. And then what about these people? Oh, this is really killing me. Population Zero got some really good reviews and some, hmm. But what do you do when you know that there are people that are out there, you don't know who's asking them or telling them to do it? They just rate the book, but they never read it. And you know very well that they never read it. Or you get something stupid like, this is the worst book I ever read, but you know the person never read it. I don't answer those because I just ignore it. How do you deal with that? I mean, there well, are a whole bunch of people. I'll tell you one thing, Brad. I'll tell you one friend, uh, You know, my friend Reed, who, who Dick knows, and, and the others might, might too, is he'll get a lot of requests from people he doesn't know through agents or editors. And he'll always mm-hmm. write back, has, has, your, has your author actually read any of my books? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, that's, that's when he gets offended. When, uh, not that he's yeah. asked, but someone will be asking just because of his name uh, and have no idea of what they write. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a problem for me, too. Well, Carol, yeah, I think you probably do the same thing as me, though, too. Um, like when I reach out to a prominent author, uh, I mean, in Reed's case, I knew him beforehand, and I and I had read his books. But when I reach out to a, a somebody, uh, you know, I will specifically say why I'm reaching out to them. You know, like you know, because of this book, I think you would like this book. I mean, right. I think that's really important to do, and not just not just, you know, hit it blind, you know. Uh, so anybody that doesn't do that, I think, is making a big mistake, just sending out blanket uh, things, oh, please, for my book. Well, they do that to me all the time. I, I open the mailbox and I go like, huh, where did this one come from? I mean, I just, I received, um, really, it's a New York Times best-selling book. It came out. The book is really interesting, and then the ending was like, you have to be kidding me. And then I thought about it, and I go, wait a minute, I got this. I actually figured out why the author did it. And I read a Kirkus review, and I read a Publishers Weekly, and they panned it. They, didn't, they thought it was like you know, the ending made no sense or anything. And when I thought about it, I said, you know what, it does make sense. Maybe I just got an insight to something. I mean, that, that's hard. Um, I'm reading, and I won't tell you whose it is. It's, a, it's, a, it's not out yet. It's a New York Times bestseller. Is a very popular book, and I'm reading the book today, and I'm saying, like, this makes no sense, and this doesn't need to be here, and that doesn't need to be here. And it's somebody that's, you know, well-known. What do you, what do, you do with that? I mean, it's... Brian, I, I actually had something like I actually had something like that happen. Serious. I would... 
when I was re- reviewing books for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, they sent me a book by the author Norman Rush, and I forget the name of the book, but it, mm-hmm. it was getting an enormous amount of publicity and great reviews. Mm-hmm. And I, I read it, and I didn't particularly care for it. And one of the problems for me was that it was he, his narrator was a woman. And at one point, she says, she's, she's trying to explain loneliness, and she mm-hmm. says, um, I was as lonely as a, sp- as a single sperm in the fallopian tube. And I thought, oh, there's no woman in the world who will <laughs> ever use that metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Never, ever. You know, she won't think of herself as a sperm in a fallopian tube. So the um, editor called me up after I wrote the review, and she said, um, do you know that you're the only one of two reviewers from major places that didn't like this book. Um, it, the other was Jonathan Yardley of the Washington uh, Post. And I said, well, you know, I, I, Jan, it's just the way I felt. And she laughed and she said, I couldn't get past the second chapter. So, you know, but I was just honest about my taste and it was getting all, the, I think it won the National Book Award that year. I might be wrong. Well, you know, you know, this isn't really reviews, but uh, one thing I, I, was a real eye-opener for me and uh, was uh, being, you know, and some, some of you probably have done this too, that if you're ever a judge in a contest, and I was a judge for, I think, best uh, best novel or best hardcover for, uh, for Throat Fest one year, and so you, you wind up reading, you know, 200 books, or at least starting 200 books, and many of them are really prominent bestsellers, as you point out, award, you know, things that are going to win awards, National Book Awards, uh, all sorts of awards, and I, I, I was surprised, I mean, many of them obviously are really good, but I was surprised how some books that have, you know, have all this acclaim, and I'm reading them, and I'm like, oh my God, you know, and I find lines like you just mentioned about the, you know, it's like, wow, I mean, how could this even get in there? Um, so it is, it is interesting, just because a book gets a lot of acclaim, I mean, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to like it. Yeah, and I, that's the other thing about. I always think it's confidence inspiring to read. You know, even even really well thought of and well thought of books. You know, it, it's such a it's such a big beast. There there are always going to be passages or, or you know choices that the author made that you know you recognize that a lot of uh, editors would would take a red pen to very quickly. But you know, in a work of that size, you know, you're, you're not going to be perfect on every page. And I think it's always. Uh, reassuring as a writer to, to see that in other other people's work and to see that the work can still succeed despite a lot of those shortcomings. And and also I find, uh, and I don't know if you guys do too, but I find sometimes there's a specific topic that will just turn me off to the point I can't read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, mm-hmm. and, it and it may just be me. And, and I'm going to mention a name here because there's a sort of positive ending to this, and that's Lisa Gardner, who's a big, you know, big prominent bestseller. And I read, I had to read one of hers, and it was all about this woman who was being kept captive in a coffin for like a year and, you know, buried alive mm-hmm. and all that. And I started reading it, and I just, I can't, I can't read this. I just can't read this book. It's just... I just can't handle that kind of uh, that kind of a scene. Uh, about a year ago, I had an opportunity to interview her for the Big Thrill. Read another book of hers, which I was kind of dreading, thinking, "Oh my God, I hope I can read this." And it was wonderful. You know, she was wonderful. You know, and I loved the book and I loved talking to her. So sometimes it's just a topic that uh, that, that that hits you in a certain way. Um, I know it does mm. me. That you just uh, I, I won't read. The, you know, it could be something like uh, cruelty to animals or children or something like that. That I'm just mm. not going to read this. I think the hardest book I had last week was Discovering Twins. It's about the Holocaust. It's a true story. And I read it and I reviewed it, but I left out the part about the Holocaust. I couldn't couldn't write anything about it. 
I mean, it was it was so graphically depicted, it was okay. And they thought what I wrote was great. But is there ever a time when you review the book and you you leave out like a specific part because it bothers you? My grandmother was in a concentration camp, so I couldn't read that part. I just totally skipped right over it. I think also sometimes it's what you're potentially going through at the time you're reading a book. Sometimes that book is not the best for you at that time. I mean, the Holocaust, I understand never, like I have family also in the camps. Um, Mm. But yeah, I'll find sometimes my mood and I I don't review books professionally, but I'll find that if I pick up a book sometimes, it's just not for me Mm. at that time where if I was on the beach, Mm -hmm. maybe I would love it. But because it's, you know, the middle of winter, my mood is not apt to like really enjoy it at the time. Well, what about yeah, right. how you rate the book? How do you decide whether to give it one star, two, three, four, or five? And I had an author once call me, and she, I, I couldn't believe it. I, gave, I, I said to her, I'm not going to rate your book because you've got 150 pages, like you said, out of line. You've got 750 typos and errors. And she said, well, why won't you give me five stars? Just let me put it to you this way. I'm going to give you, <laughs> yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? I said, I'm going to give you one star. I said, as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to review your book. I'm going to delete the, the review. So, oh, well, how could you do that? I said, because you need to call your publishing company and tell them to republish the book. Because there were like three chapters replay, would be done and whatever. So what do you do then when they, when they don't want to hear you? How do you rate a book if it's really that bad? That, that's hard for me. Well, I, you know, there's this, there's this difference between doing um, books for uh, as a favor or whatever for Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble or Goodreads, uh, as opposed to being paid to um, review a book or even not paid to review a book, but but it's in a newspaper or a magazine, and and um, and so uh, I. I I try to be as honest. First of all, I don't like that whole star thing. But quite frankly, if it's a friend of mine and if it's for Amazon or um, you know a place like that, and I think the book is really good, I'll give it five stars because I know as an author how how much that helps the the author. Um, and so uh, it, you know, uh, it would be different uh, if I were being paid to do it. Um, you know, and, and it, I didn't think it. And I thought it was a four star, uh, not a five star. Um, not that I like the ratings anyway for for that. I just like don't to write the review and not rate it. I wish I could do that. Read a book. But somebody actually did this to me, and I wrote a couple of reviews, and somebody told Amazon I was getting paid to do reviews, which, of course, if I did, I'd be very rich. No, I don't. And um, it took a while for them for me to convince them that I, that it was that I didn't get paid to do a review. And you know, obviously you're not allowed to. I know Kirkus and publishes weekly compares editorial reviews, but basically if Amazon finds out you get paid, supposedly they kick you off. That's what I was and told. And they should. And they should. Yeah, and they should, right. No, they they did. It was not me. So what about looking at the the um the the cover and the title of the book and the flap of the book? Do you do you use that to help you decide whether you're gonna interested or whether the book is gonna interest you? Because yeah, I would say definitely. If I'm in a bookstore, the cover is the first thing. I mean, if I know the author or read, obviously, other books today, I'll gravitate towards that. Browsing around and I see an amazing cover, it definitely draws me to pick it up. Um, sometimes it's deceiving. Sometimes it's the, the book with the best cover, not the best book. Um, but it's, it's something I would think about from my 
and a conversation I'll have with all my publishers where I want to be a part of the cover process. For, for me, it's two things. Uh, number one, uh, a really great title will, will pull me in, you know. I mean, many times the book won't relate to it, but, uh, you know, what was, I mean, there was one I always thought, I'm, I may have it qu- not quite right, but uh, 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 Laurie Rader Day, don't have her name right, anyway wrote, you know, The Day I Died, you know, so I pick up, the, I look at the title, I go, wow, that's an interesting title, and then uh, I'm a big first page guy, you know, I can pick up the first page of a book in a bookstore, and I generally can get a feel from that first page of whether I'm going to, you know, because if, if you get buried in the first graph or two, uh, it's probably not for me. Now, you could make mistakes, because the book could still be good, but but uh, when you got an opening, you know, we could do another whole show on this, but when you have that opening grabber mm-hmm. line that draws you right in to the book, uh, you know, like uh, Michael Conley, the poet, death is my beat. That's the first line. I mean, you know, okay, you can't stop reading after that. Um, so to me, the, that, that first page and sometimes that first paragraph is yeah. what will determine for me. Well, Michael Conley's book is really good. I read Dark Hours. They sent that to me. Yeah, Too bad he won't do an interview with me. I just read. I just finished. Um, and you know it's funny because you didn't get such great reviews. And I thought the book was good. It was okay. The Judges List by John Grisham. I just finished that one too in about two hours. And yeah, um, it was interesting because I said to the publicist, "Why don't you let him do an interview with me? Because if you read what the people are writing, it might help if you let me interview him." The book was really interesting, and the ending was like, "You got to be kidding me!" So I, I don't know. Um, what what happens also, I mean, this is my other gripe. What happens when you get a book and the font is so small you can't see it? That's my other thing. I wish people would send me large print. It would help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I have a hard time getting mass market for that reason. <laughs> the, the lines are just you too know, close together. That just came up last night on a Zoom I had with three other writers, and it was, really? well, Yes, and it was one of the writers said that he was really upset with his publisher because, and he 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 told the, the word count whether it was seventy five thousand or whatever, and they they jammed it into two hundred pages. He said by mm-hmm. making, and that's and that's what's happening now lately, especially with the paper shortage, yeah. is that mm-hmm. publishers are are making the print smaller and much uh, smaller margins and making the book a lot shorter than it would be. He said that his book normally would have been about 300 pages, and it was 220 because they did that. So what you're talking about really is a problem now uh, about the font or the size of it or how many words they cram on a page, and it's purely economics. Well, all I know is I can tell you what I do sometimes, and I hate to do it because it costs a lot of money, is if the font is really so small and it's an author that I really want to read, I call up my friend someplace and I say, could you please print this out for me in large print and get permission to print it out in large print? <laughs> I do. And then there are some so people that don't realize people. that it costs a lot of money to get a book printed out. They'll right. send me the PDF well, Fran, and say my publisher's not sending. Fran, now what you can do is get the e-book of it. Most books are e-books because there you can control. <laughs> yeah, right. Fran doesn't read on her, on her phone. Fran yeah. used to have the print in front of me so I could destroy you, the book. You, and, and you, give it to my UPS guy when I'm done. You have a lot of courage to uh, bring up the ebook uh, uh, topic, Fred, because I've done it, and she has made it very clear to me she has no use for it. But it is true, Fan. That, that that is one of the advantages because you can, you know, you can adjust things and you can see it better. Uh, uh, I understand all your things, but it's not a problem on ebook. 
Yeah, I can't, can't, I can't do it. It bothers my eyes. I get eye strain. And I have to have the book in front of me. I think it's because my mother made me read Gnome Serious, 10 books every week, and she wanted to know what I read, and she made me take notes Ten on the book, book which, is, which is probably what I still do when I read. The same thing. I, I take notes on the book, destroy the book, and what can I say? And I know that Dix and Charles and you—you got all of your books are very popular, especially with my UPS guy who brings my books to my door, even though he's not supposed to, because I give him all of yours when I'm done. See, there, it does pay off to be nice. What can I say? <laughs> but um, what can I say? Uh, what genres do you want you review? I mean, the only one I won't review is is pornography and erotica, and I won't. Um, what genres do you prefer to review, and what do, which ones don't you want to review? You see, I have only an advantage over everybody because I don't have to pay for the books. They just send them. It makes it easier. So, I mean, I guess romance I wouldn't, but it's not like I'm getting any romance authors asking me. But that would probably be mm-hmm. the only one. Anything else, I'll review erotic. I don't care. Anything else is fine. Anybody else? What what won't you what won't you what do you prefer to review? So mad, I mean, uh, um sci fi for me. It's just not my thing, so um I, I wouldn't normally read it. I, I also don't think I'm probably qualified to make judgments on anything other than mystery thrillers, which is what I write and which I'm a fan of. Uh, and not, I mean, certainly on romance, which is certainly a, a, a niche of its own, and uh, I, I really don't know enough about it to, to, to make a judgment. And to some degree, that's even true with just novels, literary novels. Uh, I'm not sure that I really would be confident in uh, reading one and then uh, expressing an opinion. So for me... Um, when it involves my opinion or my, you know, my, my, my trying to have some expertise, it really would, would stay with mystery thrillers and, you know, of that general genre. Yeah, I, don't, I can't stand self-help and inspirational. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, my God. Well, and I just well, thought when I go like, oh, God, no. <laughs> now, if you get into nonfiction, just... that's something else. I mean, I think with nonfiction, that, that opens up a lot of possibilities. But in terms of fiction, I think uh, it, for me it's more limited. No, what about children's books? Would you do those? Those are my favorite because they take me like 10 minutes to read and 20 minutes to write a good review. No, anyone, <laughs> no one would read children's Yeah, I love children's books. They're fun. The ones I don't love sometimes are the YA books with this um, going forward, going backwards, whatever, and sometimes I just want to cry and not read it at all. And I feel bad because somebody sent it to me and I didn't even know I was getting it. Do you ever get books in the mail and you don't know you're getting it? It's just a surprise, and the author automatically sends them, or the publisher sends them? No, I, I, I haven't had that situation. I, I would so. be happy to, to review a children's book. I've, I've got nine and 11-year-old daughters, and I've read, read a ton of the, of the genre to them. Um, so if I, if I got one, I'd be happy to do it. Uh, but children are much more forgiving reviewers, I would say, in general than, than adults, so... It might be a, a little bit of a reach to, to get inside their head and and uh, say insightful things that would be helpful to potential readers there. Well, Star Passage is a book. It's like a Star Trek book. I just reviewed. It's very good, and it's mm-hmm. for kids. Um, going back and forth in time, and there's an Indian from the fourteen hundred from fourteen hundred and something that comes and helps them out to solve this mystery, whatever. It was actually interesting. So sometimes you get one that's really, really, really good, and sometimes, I don't know, then they're not. But, I mean, so what, which I, ones – uh, go on, Dick. 
I was going to say, if I get a book, out of, and I'm, I don't get a lot, but on occasion, some publisher will send me a book, and you know, and they'll say, uh, "We'd oh, you know, ask for a review or whatever." And I, I sort of operate on the same theory as what you know we were talking about with the blurbs. Um, mm, I mean, if yeah. it's just out of the blue, I've never heard of the author, I've never heard of the publisher. I mean, I just say, I just say, you know, like no, like sorry, I don't do this or whatever. Uh, now, on the other hand, if somebody were to send me a book, even if I didn't know them, and they said, "Look, we've read your Claire Carlson books. Uh, this author has a woman character. We think you'd relate to her." Then I would be much more inclined, obviously, to to think of about trying to do something with them. Um, but it's, it's just like with blurbs. When people just send you blank books, now you're in, that's the business you're in, but I'm not in that business. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I only want to read books that are, that somebody has come to me because they know me or they know my work. I don't know where these people find me. I get emails from publicists I've never heard of, and they say, well, we found you. I go, that's very nice. If I ask them where they found me, it's usually they read my reviews or in the book directory of somebody or other and go like, okay. But before I forget, on Thursday, Marilyn Levinson, a.k.a. Allison Brooke, will be here with Death on the Shelf, on the Knife Silence in the Library, and on the Latin, somebody we all know and love. I'm doing a show in honor of Veterans Day, with John Land and former Navy SEAL Stephen Giblin walking in the mud. And the same day, I'm going to be doing something else with someone else named Marsha Casper Cook. I'm excited. Ah. And on the 15th, I have um, oh, yeah, uh, the One Mile Shore. And on the 17th, I have Dick Belsky and Silent Island. All right. That should be fun. Yeah, and then yeah. I have a panel show on the 18th and then the 23rd. Nancy Allen, who writes with James Patterson, Power of Attorney. It should be really fantastic. So I have some more questions on the back of this paper somewhere. Okay, here we go. Um, basically, you, you, people, you, you decide what you want to read. So, Lee, you had helped me a lot when I wrote Population Zero. You gave me oh, some ideas welcome. on what I – yeah, you really, really did help me because I followed what you said. Do people ever ask you before the book gets reviewed to read the book and give them some helpful hints? Because that was a good thing that I did. But, of course, there are people that liked it. And, unfortunately, I won't say the publishing company did nothing to help me publish it. I actually, um, Karen Vaughn is Southern Owl, but they're publishing, and she's been promoting my books. I pay her a certain amount a year with her group, and it's worth it. And she you know, does there's a whole bunch of stuff on Facebook for me, and it's not a lot of money. She's really good. But how do how do you decide? You know, how do you get your book out there? How do you get your you know your work out there? I mean, I write a book review, and ten people read it right away. I go like, that's very nice. But how do you do? You read if somebody asks you to read and critique their book before they get it published, would you do that? Yeah, I mean, usually for me, it would be somebody who I knew, um, I think a random person, I don't think I would do that for, um, but I've done that a lot for writers either starting out that I've, that I've known, um, but what I tell them up front is that, you know, uh, unlike if it was a published book, I, I'll be 100% honest, so if there's things that need work, um, I have an editing background as well, and I'll tell them exactly how I feel, so if they're open to that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I've had where I've said that and then I've hurt somebody's feelings and it was kind of like, you know, I gave you a heads up before, you know, you could take my advice. You don't have to. Um, but yeah, I think if you're doing that and the book hasn't been published yet, you're not doing anybody a service if you tell them it's mm -hmm. good, if it's not. 
No, I agree with you, and actually you helped me a lot because this way I was able to oh, you know, flesh out the characters. And I, I, I don't get insulted if somebody tells me that something should be better. I get really upset yeah. when the publishing company says, oh, it's, it's great, or um, that paragraph, just take that out and the book is perfect, when I know very well it's not. That, that's the point. I mean, when well, I had well, sisters I... published, I mean, the publishing company said it was very nice and they did nothing to publish it too. So what do, what do you do then? Well, I mean, just back to the original point about, you know, when yeah. somebody comes to you, and obviously I agree, it's like when somebody you know comes to you pretty well, it's one thing. Yeah. Um, I, I was approached by, uh, about a year or two ago by someone else who I didn't know that well, but I had met at a, a mystery conference. And, uh, you know, we had talked, but I didn't, it wasn't like a close thing, but she knew me and she knew my background. And she was writing a book about a, that featured a reporter. And she said, would you read my book? And because of all my journalism background that I've been in media all my life, and tell me if the reporter stuff is realistic. And uh, and so I was very willing to do that, given that kind of a situation. And mm-hmm. the, the, the truth of it was, it was, it was, it was an interesting book, but I thought she had the reporter stuff all wrong, you know, and I didn't think a lot of it made sense. And I told her. Now, I don't, the book eventually got published, and I didn't read the final version, so I don't know uh, whether she took the advice, but she seemed very happy. I said, look, you know, reporter would do this, reporter would do that. So something like that, where you have some expertise I think is uh, mm-hmm. is really helpful um, and uh, but again you know I, I'm a great believer in you know I would never tell anybody what they have to do in their book because it's their book I like I don't I don't I don't do writers groups I don't do beta readers or anything mm-hmm. because in the end the story is my story and uh, I don't want to I don't want to impose my story on on someone else no I, I understand I, I asked I reviewed for a company I won't say what and every time they sent me a children's book that I didn't know about, I took it and I read it right away and I reviewed it. So when I was writing Sisters, Two Sisters from the Bronx, I asked this particular person if the, the publishing company would you know, be nice enough to publish it. And he said, well, you need to write a timeline and blah, blah, blah. The stories are, are really good, but I'm going to take two years, two and a half years to get it published. And I said, in that case, don't worry about it. And I was highly... I said, if you read the book and gave me some, you know, criticism, I said, it didn't need a timeline. And I put the timeline in, and I was sorry that I did. Um, there was nothing wrong with that. And he said, oh, well, you know, it'll take me two and a half years to do it. I said, well, it might take me four before I review another book for you. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I stopped doing it. And let me tell you something. Um, he said, I probably should be sorry because I haven't seen anything out there that they've been reviewing or whatever. So... We have a couple of more minutes. Um, what, what else can you learn? What else can we tell somebody that's starting out to review something or to write something? When, they, when, you, when you get a, a book and you um, are quoted, do you allow the person to quote your review on um, Amazon or something, or do they have to ask your permission to quote you or to use a blurb from your book? Me, I don't care, but some people do. They say that you need to. In other words, if I put in a, a thing on uh, just reviews, does somebody have to ask my permission before they can quote what I wrote? No. Especially if it's really no. good. They, they do, to, right? No. They don't. No. They don't, right? No. They don't okay. need permission. I, I hope not, because I, I put the stuff you write about me care. up online all the time. <laughs> 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 and I don't ask your I, permission. I, I certainly yeah, don't it's care. I get very there, excited. It's out there. Yeah. No, then I send it to my family who doesn't read my stuff, and I go, you see, look what I did, look what I did. Um, yeah, no, they they don't. Uh, they don't need permission or anything. 
But what if happens if somebody? It's a big author, and I've gotten and I've gotten a blurb, friend. I'll yeah. ask permission to like across my socials, just because I feel like that's the nice thing to do. Like, is it okay if I, you know? Um, and you know, all the time they say yes, but I feel like for a certain level of an author, just out of respect, I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to tweet you. You know, is that okay? No, I've had I've had published authors whose publicist emailed me and said, "Is it okay if we quote something for your review?" And I probably read the book ten thousand years ago last Wednesday. I go, oh, of course, no problem. Don't worry about it. But let me see it first because I want to know what I wrote that you think is so wonderful. Right. Um, that 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 you that you did that. Yeah, it's like really crazy. But um, what what are other criteria? People review books, and how do you feel when? I mean, I, I I get upset sometimes when I get a negative review because somebody didn't read the book and they just said, when my first book on Faces Behind the Stone, somebody wrote. I, I gave you two stars because I didn't understand what the book is about because I didn't read the whole book. I said, maybe if you did, you might have kind of understood it. And I never answered those. I, just, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. And um, what, what do you do when somebody gives you a negative review but you know very well that they didn't read it? I try not I to answer rule, those. I think, rule, rule, I think rule one of that, whether you think they read it or not, that I've always been taught, and not we can't always do this, but we should try, is don't respond to a bad review because it, it just takes you down a rabbit hole of, you know, <laughs> of bad things. Um, I heard Michael Conley talk about this once. Uh, you know, at a, some believe it or not, he got a bad review, and he said he tried to he responded to it, and he's just like, you never, you know, you don't do that because uh, unless you want to get in a debate with somebody, and I, I, that's not something I think really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I think sometimes I think that people doing that can be driven by, you know, Goodreads has a lot of mechanisms mm. for you know, having a, you know, your reading goal or, you know, there's a certain amount of books people are trying to get through and review in two months, their reading challenge for the month, you know, and you can, you can almost feel it that, you know, they'll, they'll maybe rush through things and take a book that really isn't the kind of book that they're likely to like um, and, and give a low review or something like that just because it's outside of their genre or something like that. So I think there are some outside factors that can uh, create some of those bad actors on the review sites as well. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a hard one. Because you're between a rock and a hard place, and I know that there are people that just for the fun of it, just write I hate this book or I don't like it and whatever. And the one 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 only ones I did call Amazon and I said, you've got to take this off. It's insulting, and the person didn't read the book. It's almost as if somebody paid them to say something nasty. And Amazon needs to. What, I mean, what do you think about this? I mean, I even said it to the person on the phone. There's a difference between a book review and somebody's opinion. I said, so why can't you, you know, separate those that people that actually read the book and review it as far as somebody's opinion? I, I, I don't think that they should be together. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I think there definitely is a phenomenon of people kind of, you know, leaving reviews for, for reasons that have nothing to do with the quality of the book. I know the last J.K. Rowling's book that came out, I went online to check the reviews for my kids to see if it was a book that I thought that they would like that I should get for their Kindles. And she was flooded with negative reviews almost before the book was out, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. on, on a, a political basis, right? People not liking things that she'd said apart from her writing, you know, and that, uh, you know, I, I think as somebody who goes to a site for information about the quality of a book is is certainly frustrating. 
That is. My my doctor called me two weeks ago, and he said, I met this girl in Fordham. She's a New York Times bestselling author, and I told her about you. I go, and why would you do that to me? And I sent to the publicist, and they sent me the book. It was really sad. It was really good. It's sad. And I emailed him, and I said, I hope you get the book to read it because you made me read it and review it. <laughs> what can I say? It was probably one of the saddest books I've ever read. And the character in the book has is a, has a terminal illness, and she's trying to whatever. Do you ever find a book that is just like it brings you to tears and you just can't do it? Because that one, that one just about did. It, it, it was kind of hard. I don't know. It takes a lot for me to cry from a book, so I feel like if oh, me, it does, like it's a great book. You know, I I'm um, I'm almost amazed if it. Like I remember reading Cormac McCarthy's The Road and like weeping at the mm-hmm. end, and like that brought me to tears. But I was so happy that I was brought to tears. But I'm a cold person, so that's why. <laughs> no, I I I I I, I was a it was a box of tissues at the end, and I knew how it was going to end. I could feel how it was going to end, and it was a box of tissues at the, at the end. But did you ever read, I mean, like the one I'm reading right now, I can almost bet that the ending is going to be like, are you serious? And this, the, the one I just got, as I said, this is a New York Times author, and it's a married couple. You, you think they're a married couple. And they buy this house, and this house is like got spirits in it of some type. And you know that the husband might be trying to guess, like the wife who's pregnant and Basically, the house was a house for mentally disturbed people. And at the end, it sort of brings it back to this particular place. And you wonder if the girl imagined everything or if that, or if this is where she really was the whole time. It's like weird. But I think I sort of got it. But did you ever get read a book where you just say, I have no idea? We have about uh, eight minutes. Do you ever read a yeah. book and say, I, I have no idea? Yes, I have. That's hard. And, and uh, I yeah, still wrote, yeah. still wrote a review, review of it. It was one of these uh, postmodern um, authors, um, where mm-hmm. all the char- none of the characters had names; they just had letters for names. Hmm. And and I and I, I I struggled to get through it. And I never I never skim if I'm reviewing if I'm being paid to review anything. And um, I, I tried not to, but I couldn't help it with that book. So. The answer is yes, and I wrote what I thought was an honest review. For for me, the most disappointing thing is not um, something that's so far fetched as a you know an ending or mm-hmm. like oh my god how did they do that I mean that you you might find that uncomfortable but uh, the worst thing for me and and I've read a few of these recently is when. Um, the ending is just nothing. It's just disappointing. And, and the author has kind of built, and you're going through and you're thinking, okay, what's the twist? What's going to happen? Okay, you're building all this drama through the book, and you're sort of okay with that, and you're thinking there's a payoff at the end, and then there's no payoff. And uh, I, I find that actually more irritating than uh, when you find a, an ending that is, you know, I don't understand or, or unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's just I'd like, I'm like, I've wasted my time going through this book. Well, I'm lucky because I've never had an author tell me that I didn't get what they were trying to say. You know, but sometimes it takes you a little bit longer. It's, I read this and I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, everybody that did a review, an early review, said the same thing about the ending. Then when I read it, I said, you know what, this does make sense. I got it. And I was very impressed with myself that I got it. Mm-hmm. But what can I say? Um, so before we close, okay, 
Everybody, what's coming out that I don't have? What's next for you? Lee, what's happening? Um, I forget. Have I sent you my latest one, Stalker Stock? I don't have that one, do I? Uh, if not, I'll send, I'll send you that. So, yeah, I, I, my, that came out about a month ago, two months ago. Um, so, yeah, I'll send you that print. Well, i got to get these books because the post office isn't bringing anything. It's really scary. I mean, I won't say the one that I'm reading, but it's a New York Times author. And Gavin Gowan, I'm, going, I'm reading Paradise Cove. It's really, really, really good. I read like three at one time. And then there's a YA um, book that I just stare at a lot. And thank God for Ocean View because they send me everything. So, Charles, what <laughs> we love Ocean you, you, View, yeah. <laughs> I know, and I got a few, and I put them in my pile. And every time I start to read them, well, what can I say? I, you I read get the, a whole did bunch. You read of the, did you read the, the new Matt Coyle? That I just finished that because uh, I'm interviewing him. The new Matt Coyle book. I read really that good. three months ago. I read yeah, it a while ago. Way ahead of and me. Yeah. I love the Last Redemption, and he's doing an interview on November 30th. With guess okay. who? Okay. Right. I hope so. Yeah. I I sent him the questions. I I love Rick Cahill. He's one of my favorite people. Yeah. So he's the, he's this, the most prominent Ocean View guy, and uh, I'm actually interviewing him too next uh, soon. Yeah. I lo- I love Ocean View Publishing because I never know what's going to come, and if I see something that's due in May or March or whatever, I just stick it in my. You got to read this pile. So Paradise Cove is also Ocean View, and what happened was I got the book, and I didn't know I was getting it, and then I contacted the author, and I said, now you have to come on my radio show in April. Is that is that, is that Gavin Goodwin? Yes, Gavin Goodwin. Yes, and I, lo- I he, love, that's really I good, love, too, yeah. I love Roscoe, yeah, and I love – this one really starts out really great, and it got me from the first page, and if it doesn't get friend from the first page in the mystery thriller – it's so sad. So, Charles, when when is your new book? You said you had two coming out, I think? No, I have, I have one coming out um, one. April, and then um, my agent is sending around another that I finished. Um, but the one in April is um, uh, is a, a new PI character. So you're going to have to let me know when you get coming out so I can put you in my schedule. And Jeff, Jeff said he pushed back. And Dick, what's coming out after? Is it well, Dana Perry or is it something else? Well, no, I well no, I just turned in the uh, the next Carlson book, uh, so that'll be out in uh, 2022, but probably not until the fall. Uh, my current one out is uh, Beyond the Headlines, which came out this year. And as you know, I have two books written as Dana Perry out, one of which Silent uh, Island we'll be talking about. That just came out this month. So we'll be talking about that, obviously, uh, later, later when I'm on again. I love that book. It's one of my favorites. Oh, and before I forget, we have another minute or two next month. But I'm not giving away who. The Just Reviews 2021 Awards for whatever categories I came up with this time that are different <laughs> will be announced next month on Facebook or wherever I figure out how to announce them. Um, somebody is creating the awards for me. Because friend doesn't do awards, she, you know, it's better if somebody professional does it. And there are several authors that will be getting awards for all sorts of strange things that I've decided to categorize. It doesn't necessarily have to be for a book; it could be for something else that the person does that's outstanding. So you never know. As soon as I get to get the awards, I will send you or whatever it is, send everybody that the awards, and then everybody in the whole world can tell me. 
I hope I did the right thing. <laughs> no, it's it's like it took me a while to really think about it, and I said, no, there are certain people whose books are exemplary all the time, so I will do that. So I want to thank you very, very much. This has been a lot of fun, and um, if anybody has one to do, I'm doing a panel. Well, actually, Dick, I think you're in on this one. On um, December 8th, we're talking about how the pandemic affects your affects publishing, and right. um, yeah, that 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 one, yeah. And on no on November eighteenth, uh, Alan Jacobson and Tim Ahrens and T.J. O'Connor, and yeah, where's my list? Are going to be talking about the dark side of the character, and that should mm. that should be interesting. I've never done that before, but everyone, everybody, stay safe. Everybody have a great day. Thank you so much. Everybody, great day and bye. Thanks, friend. Thank Thanks, you, friends. Bye-bye, all. Thanks. Take care. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.